0: Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Social Complex Podcast. Today, we are going to be doing a roundup of the latest social media stories. What is happening in the land of social networking and tech? And before we get into it, I'm just going to say, I've got a lot of distractions around me. I have two animals that are crying outside of my door. I have a guy who is mowing his lawn in torrential downpour. I don't know why he is doing that. And I have torrential downpour. So if you hear anything in the background, well, it's just going to be one of those days. But we've got some interesting perspectives to discuss today. And I want to take what we're seeing in the news cycle right now and bring it to you. Let's talk about what is happening with these big tech companies. What is happening in the land of social media and pulling back not just from app updates and changes. What are we seeing from a broad stroke view about how users are consuming content where they're consuming content, and what shifts we're starting to see happen in 2022. Let's go for it. So the first one, Meta and DoorDash have officially joined forces to start delivering Facebook Marketplace items in communities. Facebook Marketplace is one of the core drivers of Facebook where people can buy and resell stuff, whether that is furniture, art, anything, really anything. They have options for local delivery or local pickup, as well as shipping. So Facebook Marketplace was Facebook's answer to reselling and really another idea of e-commerce. Once they introduced shipping, that really started competing with your Etsy, and your Shopify. So Facebook has been in the e-commerce game for a while. And this partnership with DoorDash is potentially really going to help Facebook Marketplace widen its options for local delivery. Previously, Facebook Marketplace did work with a company that's called Dolly. So that's on-demand delivery. They do moves. They do big pickups. So if you're going to be buying a huge sectional on Facebook Marketplace and you can't fit that into your little sedan, you'd be able to hire Dolly. So Dolly is a much smaller company than DoorDash. It is limited to 45 cities across the U.S. So it's not really as immersive as DoorDash. So this partnership with DoorDash is going to enable users to not be sacrificing their shopping habits when it comes to secondhand purchases. Now they can buy whatever they want and work with DoorDash to get someone to actually deliver it. This is really aligned with what other big tech commerce partnerships are happening. Amazon and Grubhub partnered last month to offer Prime members a year of Grubhub Plus, which is their premium service. And Uber Eats also recently launched a nationwide delivery service to give customers access to their favorite bites across the country. What that means is that consumers are growing more accustomed to getting what they want when they want it. These services are showing a growing trend in a world getting smaller we're not that far away from you being able to order your favorite New York restaurant for delivery in Kansas. This Meta and DoorDash partnership allows for anyone to get their Facebook Marketplace items delivered locally without that concern of having a big bed truck, big truck bed. (laughs) Hello. Words are hard. I digress. So ultimately, this move is going to bring more ease for buyers on Facebook Marketplace and very well might help them keep a hold on younger demographics that are more keen to thrifting and buying secondhand online. My verdict is that I love it. I think it's a great idea, and I think it's a very natural partnership. Next news item to discuss is uh, in the same vein, Meta. The Facebook app is losing steam in the App Store Top 10. Really no surprise here, but Facebook has been struggling to maintain its position among the top five apps in the U.S. App Store. So as younger consumers are shifting to newer networks like TikTok, Snapchat and Be Real, we are seeing Facebook slip. So last year, for context, Facebook only fell out of the top 10 lineup six times in the first half of the year. If you compare that to this year, we're already up to 59 times. That's nearly 600% increase in Facebook losing that real estate on the top 10. So this is an indicator that the app is losing out on attracting new users to the platform. Not a huge shocker, but it indicates what we've been assuming about Facebook hitting maturity over the last few months. If you remember back in February of 2022, Facebook had lost daily active users for the first time in history. So the app is losing out on those new downloads from Gen Z and Generation Alpha to newer social networking sites. This is a trend that we don't really see shifting. And I think the smaller apps like TikTok, Snapchat, and Be Real are indicating that the younger generations are liking more of that quote-unquote raw, um, (laughs) smaller community, more niche personalization content. My take, I believe that Meta knows that Facebook is not going to be able to break into those younger markets. I think that they are prioritizing other innovations, (laughs) the Metaverse and Web3. And those innovations are going to help salvage the holding company. The name change to Meta last year really gave a pretty clear nod to that. And I don't think they're trying to save the Titanic of an app that Facebook is, but we'll keep riding the wave and playing the music as long as possible. Now, it's important to note that Facebook is still the largest social media platform. It still has the best consumer data and engagement for ads. It still has the largest audience size, but if you're thinking it'll be around in 10 years with the same market power that it has today, you might be in for a shock. So for brands, what that really indicates is that use it while you've got it, but don't put all of your chips in that bucket. And lastly, let's talk about YouTube. So YouTube Shorts announced that they will be rolling out watermark features to discourage cross-sharing content. Oh, no original ideas anymore, right? So in case you have not been privy to YouTube Shorts, Shorts are YouTube's answer to TikTok and Reels. YouTube Shorts will be rolling out a watermarking feature that means that when creators make a short on YouTube, they won't be able to download their video and cross post it without having a YouTube watermark. That's not an original idea because that is exactly what TikTok has done and started from the beginning. There's something brilliant to be said about the watermark function in that this piece of content originated on this platform. And then if people do want to go and reshare it on other platforms, it still has that original watermark that's going to drive that awareness. When TikTok came up with it and it was just... TikTok, they were onto something because it obviously encouraged people to download TikTok when they were getting it promoted on their Instagram or their Facebook. But now that there are multiple ways to consume short form video content, I think that the fight is on. And we are seeing that these apps are even going to penalize when a watermark from another competitor comes onto their platform. Instagram has already come out and pretty much said explicitly that the algorithm will suppress content that has a watermark from another app. And that means that creators are going to have to edit those videos on third-party apps like Adobe, InShot, whatever it may be to then share it across multiple platforms so that they're not having to worry about the watermarks. What once was a brilliant marketing strategy from TikTok is now essentially a gatekeep from mass producing content. My take on this is that now that there are multiple ways to consume short form video content, I think that the fight really is gonna come down to where users spend the majority of their time. YouTube is the highest visited site for a streaming app, but the barrier to entry for everyday consumers still feels high compared to whipping out a TikTok. So I believe the consumers will create where they spend the bulk of their time, and that actually may end up being an advantage for YouTube since they do have so many people on the site and they do have such a strong market share that these shorts might actually give users an opportunity to transition and actually create content where they may have previously been a little bit apprehensive about publishing content. So I think that shorts... Can be, for lack of a better term, a gateway drug for people to start really creating and ramping up on YouTube. That being said, the consumption of shorts is still up in the air of if it is something that people are enjoying on the platform. And we're really just gonna have to see if people are loving watching short form video content on YouTube or if it just reigns true that YouTube will always be a long-form content platform. Whatever it is, we will be on the lookout and we will be keeping a keen eye on that. All of these stories show us that consumer behavior is shifting and that these apps are very aware of how people are perceiving content. They are giving more opportunities for consumers to get things smarter, faster, quicker. They're giving people opportunities to create more and immerse themselves more from a content standpoint, essentially expressing themselves more. And everyone is fighting for eyeballs and time on app. So I posted about this a few months ago that I do believe that we are entering into a stage of social media and content where it's changing, that people are getting a little bit more selective about where they're spending their time, how they're spending their time, there's a growing awareness on consumers that there may be a negative effect from digital media. And it's not all social media, but just being responsive all the time. All the notifications that you're getting on your phone, driving up anxiety, being very reactive. That's something that is growing in consumer awareness. And so my prediction over the next few years is that people are going to be a lot more selective about the content that they are consuming. And that is a big threat to these companies. And I think that's why they are working so hard to make these platforms something that is unique to them that consumers will want to come back to and that they'll want to choose because consumers very well may end up actually sizing down on the number of platforms that they have And only opting in to platforms that them and their friends and their network are a part of. And with that, network is going to be a really key factor in the next, again, couple of years. When people get social media for the first time, you're adding everyone. They want as much as possible, they're immersing themselves. And then once they get settled into it, they look around at their feed and they're like, oh, this isn't what I want. I want to see my best friend's birthday party. I want to see what my you know, roommate from college that I don't get to see anymore, what she's doing with her day. I want to be able to keep in touch with my family. All of those things are getting lost in ads and content creation and brands. So I do believe that we are going to see a shift in inner circles getting smaller online. It is so important for brands to keep that in mind that if you want to be a part of your audience's inner circle, you really need to prioritize the level of content that you're producing. It's not about how much you're producing. It's about the quality, the connection, what opportunities you're giving to enrich the life of your consumers and how you're essentially staying on top of that. Because once you lose them, that is going to be a lot more challenging as time goes on to get them back. I'll leave you with that. Food for a thought, keep an eye out on the market. Of course, check back in with your social HQ if you wanna learn more about social media for brands and then keep an eye on this podcast because we're always gonna be talking about the shifts we're seeing in the market, what is happening with these audiences and how your brand can stay ahead of the game when it comes to social media. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Social Complex Podcast. Your support means the world to me. So if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, bringing you various stories, stories, deep dives, and discussions around the complexities of social media in our modern world. To follow along for more, be sure to follow us at Your social HQ on Instagram or check out Social HQ at www.YourSocialHQ.com. I'm your host, Hilary Applegate, and I'll see you back here next week. Stay sane out there.